Welcome to Done With Debauchery, a podcast hosted by Denise and Keisha, two friends who share intimate conversations about alcohol and drug use, struggling with sobriety, and our personal paths to wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Done With Debauchery. This is our second episode, and we will be talking about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic values and motivators, especially pertaining to getting sober. My name's Keisha, and I'm here with my co-host, Denise. Hey, everyone. We have found a definition online at verywellmind.com, which we'll link in the show notes below to just define intrinsic motivation. So I think before we start diving into why it's important, we want to make sure that everyone is aligned on what exactly intrinsic motivation is referring to. So the definition reads as intrinsic motivation refers to behavior that is driven by internal rewards. In other words, the motivation to engage in a behavior arises from within the individual because it is naturally satisfying to you. This contrasts with extrinsic motivation, which involves engaging in a behavior in order to earn an external reward or avoid punishment. This concept was introduced to me many years ago when I was working with a strength and nutrition coach, and I was really having a difficult time uh, sticking with my dietary goals. I was fully, without knowing it, motivated by extrinsic motivation, aka body comp, and was just not connected enough to what the internal motivators were for me. So uh, that's how I got introduced to this concept, and I think it's something very valuable to consider for sobriety. Um, I think that really understanding and knowing your why will really help to keep you connected and to following through uh, when some of those decisions feel a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. So just to recap, intrinsic values are those which are inherently rewarding. So rewarding to you within. So whatever you find satisfaction from personally and it's not necessarily something that you're going to feel in the moment because maybe making that decision to not drink in the moment doesn't feel personally satisfying but it may be something that you feel later yeah I definitely agree and I think that a lot of that ties back to even your your reasoning for why you started using substances or using drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and that can tie back into the extrinsic value or motivation what are you running from what are what are you trying to avoid in your life uh, i know for me personally i'm 31 so i've spent basically half my life using drugs and alcohol and for a long time that was really a part of my identity I didn't know who I was without it. And I don't think that I really understood my extrinsic motivators around doing those things. It wasn't until I started working with a therapist in around 2017 that I felt like I really started to understand uh, my, my major motivators for using drugs and alcohol. And I think a lot of the times, though, when we say intrinsic motivators for using drugs and alcohol, I think those are subconscious. Like it isn't really till you consciously make a decision to break down 
those needs that you're really trying to get met subconsciously through your substance use that you can really start to define maybe your true intrinsic motivators for for getting sober your true you know needs or wants or desires for for getting sober so I know for me, when I think back, and it's funny to hear you say, like, I've been using drugs and alcohol for now more than half my life, which is actually really kind of scary when Mm -hmm. when you think about it. You know, more of my life has been spent um, on substances regularly, not, you know, every day all the time, but regularly versus not. And I think that we make a really good point. Like, you know, the substance use was filling a need it was like the best coping strategy um that we knew at the time with the skills that that we had so it isn't to to shame behavior in any way shape or form but in order to shift behavior you know it is sometimes effective to to look at what the motivator was there and I know for me like I think I was really really disconnected and I think you touched on a really good point saying that you didn't know yourself and I can really relate to that because I felt I felt really, I think, disconnected from myself, who I was, but also disconnected in in terms of, I think, community, um, disconnected, I felt like in terms of my family and my friends. And I think that using substances allowed me to feel connected because when I was on substances, it was easier to connect with with men it was easier to connect and have deep uncomfortable conversations with friends um and so it almost created like this false sense of connection and community and it was this need that i was like really trying to to fulfill for myself and you think that it creates a better version of yourself that you're presenting to the world but really it's it's just like a diluted version and not truly who you are but so my question, I think you're you're a little more familiar <laughs> with the the terms than I than I am. But so would my motivators for originally starting to use drugs and alcohol be classified as intrinsic? So coming within in coming from within, <laughs> or extrinsic? Uh, or re- both? Remind the listeners and myself uh, what your motivators were. I mean, I think that there are so many, um, but I think that a big part of it was uh, different traumas as a teen, not really knowing who I was, who my identity was. So using it sort of as a buffer to the world to sort of mask who I am and, and fill a void. So in my opinion, I think those would all be like internal motivators, Um you know, obviously, in my un <laughs> my uneducated <laughs> opinion, I think you're educated. <laughs> um, only because, like that that need um, to feel connected to others, mm-hmm. I and mean, it's almost like it's it's it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that is almost rooted from a sense of unworthiness. So, yeah, like the need to feel accepted and loved and belonging, like those are all internal needs. So, I do think that when you look deeper, it's like, oh, I didn't know myself. Those are almost like the outcomes yeah. of of like what you experienced as a result of those deeper needs not being addressed. And so, you know, the substance was like essentially the action. Yeah. It, it almost starts as ex- extrins- extrinsic? Extrinsic? Like- <laughs> 
welcome to the show while we learn how to say extrinsic <laughs> motivation. Try oh that three times fast God. and see how you feel. <laughs> but it does almost start as an external value, like in high school, wanting to fit in, make friends. It's sort of like the glue holding everybody together. And then through that, I realize, oh, I actually really like this. I'm feeling not myself I'm out of my body I'm numbing the pain and then those internal motivators come out and really take over the substance use yeah and I think something like especially when you're younger where you're taking into account something like peer pressure and you're maybe drinking uh in order to fit in or to look cool Mm -hmm. or I think that those are very much like you know external external motivators or maybe like I know this is for me when I first started uh, using harder drugs, I was using those to control my eating, uh, to make my body look a certain way. And uh, that is for sure an extrinsic yeah. uh, motivator for, for something. One thing that I'm not sure of, though, is that I'm not sure if intrinsic motivation can be subconscious. So when we're talking to it or talking about it in the way of substance use, I see how like we've defined it. However, um, there may be professionals in psychology that would uh, define this a little bit differently than we are because I'm not sure if intrinsic value is something that can be uh, subconscious. And I think that I relate to that within, within my use because I didn't know at the age of 13 that I was struggling yeah. with a set like sense of unworthiness and lack of belonging and lack of connection and fear and like a number of these other emotions that it, I didn't know how to handle. All I knew is that when I used X, I didn't really feel that way anymore. And those needs were fulfilled for a certain yeah. amount of time, which is like the driver of continuing your use. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, looking back, like at the time, I didn't realize it's only now doing the work, as mm-hmm. they say, yeah. that I'm realizing that those actions were rooted uh, in a much deeper way. Yeah. So tell me maybe a little bit about why you feel like intrinsic motivation uh, is important for you as you try to stick to uh, sobriety. Yeah, I think that my intrinsic motivators, uh, I've sort of realized them over a period of time. It's not like I just woke up one day and realized, oh my God, these are all the things that I want for my life and that I want to change. Um, I think that for a long time, I was just sort of existing. I had a decent job selling real estate, but I didn't feel any major connection or joy associated with those things. And I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. And I feel like alcohol was uh, a major contributing factor, as we know it is a depressant, but it was... It was almost like an excuse to not take steps to work towards other goals because I would be hungover, I would have plans to go out and drink with my friends. So it was really just an ongoing excuse. Um, but over time, uh, stepping away from alcohol and giving myself some space to get clarity, I really have realized that my core motivators to cut alcohol out of my life are basically just for my overall well-being. I am such a different person without alcohol in my body and in my life. Um, I remember uh, in my last kind of 
well, it definitely was my last long-term relationship. My boyfriend at the time told me, I think it was after a wedding we went to when Ooh. I got, <laughs> you know who it is. Oh, I'm just like, also open bar is never good for yeah. somebody that doesn't know when to stop. Exactly. So I ended up getting shit faced. I don't think anything <laughs> bad happened, but I definitely blacked out towards the end of the wedding. And the next day he told me that he didn't like who I was when I was drunk. And I remember after crying because oh. <laughs> it hurts. Like, it's hard to hear that. 100%. But it's also, it was so hard to hear it because I knew that I didn't like who I was when I was mm. drunk. But I also didn't like who I was when I was sober. It's almost like he, he, he shone a mirror in your face. Like, yeah. instead of, like, being able to kind of, like, brush that under the rug and not deal with it because you're also you can only deal with the hangover the next day yeah. he like took the mirror up and was like hello yeah. you're gonna look at this right look now. at yourself and you're like shit that's actually hard to to look at yeah yeah i think we've all been there yeah. um, i've had a boyfriend <laughs> also break up with me because of my uh, drinking and drug use as well so i know it's definitely not easy to hear but yeah and so it was definitely not a wake-up call because I was already assessing my relationship for mm. some time, but it was almost like, um, what's it called when they just, like, reinforce the opinion you already have? It was just a reinforcement <laughs> of what I was already thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, actually know. <laughs> yeah, and I realized I just wanted more out of my life. So I think overall my mental health and wellness, my physical health – and just shifting priorities as I start into my 30s and start thinking about my long-term future. Do I want to be hungover every weekend feeling like shit and hating myself? No, I want to change my career. I want to find what my passions are. And I felt like it just wasn't possible for me when I was drinking. Yeah, and I can relate to so much of that. And I think you touched on some really important points like a lot of people just kind of are almost stuck in like the hamster wheel, I think, yeah. of societal norms or everyday life and don't necessarily want to take the time to evaluate things and make changes. And I think a lot of times when you decide to kind of, you know, do something that you find that's personally challenging, like change careers or you go through a breakup, you know, staying emotionally and mentally clear becomes more important to you mm -hmm. than maybe it would if you are satisfied with the status quo of maybe just getting up and going to a job that doesn't really challenge you or are able to accept being in a relationship that you may not find fulfilling yeah yeah absolutely and i think also your intrinsic values can change over time a hundred percent and I think, I, I think you bring up a really important point there. And, and I think it's something that you can't just write out one time and then never look at it again. Like, yeah. in order to stay motivated from within, I think that you need to continually remind yourself what those motivations are. So I know for me, you know, there are a number of things that were important for me to remove or avoid. Um as you know, when I start to think about like, you know, why I wanted to make this, this change. And it really brought me to a really important point that I, that I want to share. And it's that 
sometimes we really need to do, and I think I've said this to you so many times lately, what you need yeah. versus versus what you want. And yeah. I think taking the time to break down what your intrinsic values are is really an opportunity to reflect and kind of reparent yourself. And I think sometimes following through on what you need versus what you want is is that as well. I know for me, uh, I was allowed, I think, to make too many decisions on my own at yeah. too young of an age where I, I, I really shouldn't have been because I really needed to do what I needed instead of what I want. And I think part of why I really struggle with, you know, maintaining and sticking with sobriety is that I've really allowed myself to just do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want, and actually doing what I need long term and creating something with intention is really, really difficult for me to to stick to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there is so many studies now that have outlined and discussed how willpower is something that is finite. That you only have so much of it every day. And there are often a lot of times where you have to make continual decisions throughout the day to, you know, really stick with your decision of being sober. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and when you are not connected to, or at least in my experience, when I am not connected to what those deeper reasons are, it is really easy to get into that fuck it mentality and yeah. do what you want, which is to have the drink. And I think it's naive to think that it's, you know, it's it's always it's always easy. Yeah, and if there's one thing we've learned so far, it's that it's not easy. It's about continuously showing up every day when it's hard and, and doing those hard things. Also, at the beginning of sobriety, it is, I feel like, a lot about decreasing your opportunity to make those bad choices. A hundred percent. So whether that means you don't get to go out for dinner with your friends for the next couple of weeks until you really Months. are... <laughs> literally. <laughs> until you really can feel rooted in your decision and your willpower and confidence to say no. I know personally I have an inner part who really identifies with being a good friend so I find that... AKA people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can be a little bit of a people pleaser, but it's more like I don't want to disappoint the people in my lives. So sometimes that does put you in a situation that maybe you're not ready for. Uh, I did have a scenario uh, a couple weeks ago where I had some significant stressors and um, I would say... Uh, emotional scenarios that came up during the week um, prior to a social event that I felt the need to go to. Really, it came down that I wanted to go. I didn't want to disappoint my friend in in the situation. But when I got there, I wasn't feeling rooted in my decision to not drink. And what I perceived as a little bit of peer pressure really just flip my switch into okay yes it doesn't matter let's you're here already why don't you have a couple drinks and just see how it start feels. again tomorrow like why exactly exactly yeah. start that clock because i wasn't feeling firm in, in my decision going out to this event and the next day i woke up and i just felt so guilty and so disappointed with myself for choosing in that moment, a decision that I knew I wasn't aligned with. 
I drank because I wanted to. I went to this event because I wanted to. When I knew, even before leaving my apartment that day, that it's not what I needed mm-hmm. and my body needed to be at home, snuggling with my dog on the couch, <laughs> doing some self-care. And I think I, I think that part of the process, though, of getting sober is is learning. So, you know, when we when we say this story in hindsight, like vision is twenty twenty, and mm-hmm. I should have known to stay home. And I think you don't until you go through that and you sometimes you make some mistakes along the way. Yeah. And now you know that next time, you know, you, you do need to say no. And I think what I've learned as well as somebody who likes to people please and not let people down and, and do maybe sometimes what I feel like I should over what I what I need yeah. is that in early sobriety, you absolutely have to be cutthroat about putting that first and people aren't always going to understand and it's not about you not wanting to be there for them it's yeah. it's about you making the the most important decisions you can in order to keep yourself out of situations where you may be overwhelmed and flip the switch and protect your sobriety a hundred percent a hundred percent and i think we've all been there there's nothing worse than you know, waking up in the middle of the night because you obviously had a shitty sleep after you had some drinks <laughs> and just feeling that, like, you let yourself down, that, like, continual feeling of broken self-trust. And honestly, that brings me to one of the biggest motivators for me for, uh, intrinsic motivators for me for getting sober is just this element of self-trust yeah. and self-consent and just, like, really being accountable for to myself I feel like I've done so many things that feel out of alignment or weren't okay for me I just really want to be able to depend on myself fully and that's such a an important important uh piece that you touched on and motivator for me so we wanted to leave our listeners today with some suggestions about how to identify and connect with what your intrinsic value of getting sober is And we really want this to be personal to you and it doesn't have to be lifelong sobriety. Sometimes that feels overwhelming as a goal and it may just be for, you know, the next week or the next month. Um, And so I think one of the first steps that we would suggest is to really back things up and identify why you drink or why you use substances. So, and that's not just like, you know, and it can be because you're bored or it, you know, it can be because you're at a social event and your friends are drinking. But what we would really invite and encourage you to do is to go deeper than that, like to figure out what needs your substance use and drinking is really trying to fulfill. And I know we touched on a few things a little bit earlier in this episode, but you know, connection, um, you know, belonging, needing love, like those are some really core needs uh, that were in the depth of our substance use that kind of takes breaking down the behavior and then asking what that behavior is giving you and kind of going through a deeper process to really understand what the external, that just that drinking behavior is really getting to. Beyond that, I would really suggest that you look at those needs or whatever you discover and kind of make a list for yourself of 
is there any way that you can fulfill these needs in another way? Once you've identified some of those needs you're trying to fulfill and ways that you can, you know, fulfill them in a healthier or more satisfying way, you can also really kind of connect to how you want to feel. So, you know, and that's what we mean by the intrinsic value of of why you want to get sober or why you're stopping your substance use. So I know I touched on a little bit for me that building self-trust, intuition, knowing myself, and being able to like follow through on, you know, some physical health for me, like going to the gym or I don't know, for you, I think you mentioned just your mental overall wellness, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. For me, alcohol has such an impact on my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. It brings anxiety, shame, keeps me in a depression loop. So for me, that's probably the most significant motivator and my most significant intrinsic value is my mental health. Exactly. And I think those are all like really good high level ones. So what we would suggest and what's been really helpful for us is to actually videotape yourself um, connecting to how you want to feel these like intrinsic motivators for you and actually doing like a quick five minute video on your phone or even voice noting it to yourself if you're uncomfortable doing a video. But I do think it's really helpful to either see and hear yourself speaking of how you want to intentionally create your future uh, or how you see yourself. There's like some level of self-connection that for me personally really solidifies it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it would, you know, I think it would be helpful if you were able to connect with that voice note or that video on a daily basis or even before a particularly stressful situation that you're putting yourself into to just really reconnect with it. And I think there's also value in creating those voice notes the morning after you go out Mm. and drink, but also in those high moments if you're just getting into a new workout routine and you crush your workout and you're sweaty and you're feeling amazing take a video so you can watch it and remind yourself of the joys you get from actually doing things that align with with who you are and who you want to be in the long term yeah and i think that this came up when you and i were just chatting back and forth one day is that Keisha went out to, um, I think it was a dinner or was with friends where she was in a situation where, uh, you know, a lot of other people were drinking mm-hmm. and you were very successfully able to, you know, stay accountable to yourself and stay sober. And, you know, we had always kind of taken notes about how we didn't want to feel yeah. um, after we had you know, used or relapsed when we didn't want to, that we kind of like reverse engineered it and we're like, (laughs) why are we not pumping ourselves up and taking a video or a voice note when we have successfully put ourselves in a situation which stretched us a little bit and followed through. And then we were able to show up the next day and do things we wanted to like record this podcast or go to the gym and just like maybe eat healthy and just you know, also your mental state and, and a number of other things. Um, so that was kind of born out of one of our, our shared experiences. So Just like this podcast. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, we'll just leave you thinking, like, try to really frame your questions. Like, why don't you want to drink at your, your work party? And there may be some really surface level things that come up. 
And I think you want to dig beyond your reason behind, you know, how you want to look. Like maybe connect to that idea of how you want to feel at the work party, how you want to feel after the work party, the next morning. The more you can really get into that feeling of your future self and what you're trying to create, the more that you'll be able to embody that and stay rooted in it as you go out into the world and encounter situations that may be a little bit challenging. You guys, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) That was so good. I feel like I learned so much from Dr. Denise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared for all of us. (laughs) But yeah, let's wrap it up here. That is our second episode. Thank you so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. (laughs) This is Keisha and Denise signing off on another episode of Done With Debauchery. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share and subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at Done With Debauchery. See you next time.